What's up, y'all? Welcome into the Dual Threat. I am your host, Philip Jordan, from last one college football, 96.9 The Legend in Dustin, Alabama. Thank you for checking out the show. We're making it a part of your day. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. You can always email me at sportstalkphiljordan at gmail.com. Now, let's get into today's conversation. Everybody joining me now on the show is Matt Lowe, Lindy Sports Editor and Writer. And this is one of my favorite times of the year when the preview magazine starts coming out for college football. And absolutely one of the best is Lindy's Magazine. And uh, Matt, uh, as always, I appreciate you, you coming on the show. No problem, Philip. Always good to talk with you, buddy. You know, I, I say this, I tell people, you know, we, we sit here in June and, you know, I, I see the Lindy's Magazine on the newsstands. I'm, I'm like, okay, we're getting close. It, it is, it's like one of them one of them signs as we get through the summer that we're getting closer to college football season. Yeah, I mean, and, and it is. And, and, you know, it's this year, Philip, putting this magazine together, you, you, you look at the teams and the, the added year of eligibility – you have a lot of teams that have a lot of experience on their rosters, and I think that's going to make for uh, a better college football season. I think you probably see more upsets. Uh, so that's that's an added bonus for us, I think, this year. And I tell you, you know, week one of the season, there's a lot of good teams mm-hmm. playing a lot of good teams. So, you know, we're going to have several quality football teams that are going to be behind the eight ball real quick. Uh, so we'll see how that affects things, down, uh, you know, as we get going. But, you know, I can't wait for week one. I, I'm, I'm excited about the season and, and especially with every, with, you know, with everything getting kind of back to normal and, and stadiums going to be in full capacity. I mean, that's what it's all about. And I'm happy for the kids that they get to have that again, the players. Yeah, you know, talking about, you know, just normal, I mean, just how much was it uh, kind of back to normal this year for you guys putting the magazine together? I know last year kind of had to be, especially schedules-wise, I mean, that's a big thing in, you know, this magazine. You have the schedules that are there. Uh, this year, kind of going into doing the magazine this year, what was uh, what was it like uh, putting it together, knowing, you know, we have a normal season coming up? It, it was it was easier, you know. Uh, one, one challenge with the added year of eligibility is, you know, t- there's a lot of teams out there that don't have up-to-date uh, rosters. You know, with all the player movement going on, I think there was 1,500 kids in the transfer portal, you know, at one time uh, this off season. So there's kids moving back and forth. So you, d- you don't want to leave off. I mean, just for instance, you know, there was one, one program that had a quarterback transfer to their uh, program uh, about two months ago, and he wasn't on the roster. So you have to go in and add his information to the roster because we feel like that's vitally important for a, you know, you want to add that on with the guy that's competing for a starting job. So that was that was a challenge, you know, and, and we want to be consistent throughout the magazine. We don't want to have a guy in one spot as a junior when he's really a senior. So, but I mean, if if a school doesn't have an up to date roster, it's kind of you just kind of got to go in and look to see how many years of eligibility he has and match it up. So that was one of the challenges, but it was fun as always. And, and the magazine is bigger than it's ever been. It's over 300 pages, you know. And once again, you know, we added the two page to the top 25 teams last year, and we did that again. And we think that's a that's a good feature. And of course, we had to do the Lindy's list and all that kind of good stuff. A lot of great features. So really happy about this year's product, and we think. You know, the way we're selling them right now at the office, 
uh, we think the fans are really, really excited about this upcoming season. Yeah, I got to imagine now with the transfer portal as it is, especially right now, and you know, it's like everyday players. I mean, you know, you had Auburn getting transferred TJ Finley a couple weeks ago, you know, and then Georgia getting the tight end, uh, Eric Gilbert. I mean, just the transfer portal, you know, putting this thing together roster wise, that's kind of got to be a is that is that a challenge? Yes, it is. I mean, and there's, I mean, there's some guys you can't, you can't do anything about it because you got to print the magazine, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, you know, you, you anticipate like Finley. I mean, I, I just remembered he saying something about he was transferring. You take him off the roster, you know, because you know, he's in the portal. So it, yeah, it's, 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 it's a challenge, but it's kind of the way it is right now. And, you know, and I said something about this other day on a show that, we got to put some kind of regulations on it, in my opinion, or it's just like the wild, wild west. I mean, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a, from talking to several coaches this offseason, it's, it's a challenge for them because just for instance, one coach I talked to, he went through the whole spring practice. Uh, this guy was going to start in two or three places. The day after spring practice ends, he walks into his office and says he's transferring. So, you know, and well, yeah, and he can. That coach can go in and get another player at a certain position. But you could have been working out somebody on your currently on your roster at that spot instead of that guy. But you know, and, and that's the frustrating part of it. You know, and and you know, Nick Sa- Nick Saban said something about this a couple of years ago about we're opening up a can of worms. And to be honest, we it's only going to make the good team stronger. Like. You know, Georgia getting Gilbert and Georgia getting the, the kid from Clemson and Georgia getting uh, Tyke, uh, I think his name Tyke Smith from West Virginia. You know, he was their best player on defense. So, I mean, and who's at the top of the standings every year? Georgia, Alabama. I mean, like Clemson. I mean, so it, it I don't know. I, I don't like it. I, I think, you, you know, and I do, I do think a kid should be able to go where he wants to go and because he wants to play, but. Like Gilbert, he just signed with LSU last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and a year later, you're you're. Le- I mean, what happened to giving your your word and your commitment? I mean, and I don't know. I just I, I'm not a fan of it. I, I've I've always been a person who believes you give somebody your word. Your word is your word, you know. But I I don't know. I just think it's a little you know wild wild west right now, and it's tough on coaches. Uh, to deal with, but it is what it is, and you just kind of deal with it. Yeah, and Gilbert, that was interesting because you know he came out and he was going to transfer. I mean, I think there was even talk that he might was going back to LSU. So it's like you know it was a little yeah, indecision yeah. with him, and then he finally does pick, say, "Okay, I'm going to Georgia." Yeah, and and supposedly you know he might not have the grades to, to, to for the full transaction to go through. I don't know. I, I just. Like I said, it's it's it, the only the stronger get stronger. Just for instance, well, I say that like just say for Evan Neal for Alabama, who's going to be a first round draft pick probably. You know, and they moved him from right tackle to left tackle. Just say he got hurt this spring. Nick Saban could go, "Hey man, I need a left tackle," and there'll be left tackles lining up mm-hmm. to go to Alabama. You know, I mean, he he can choose his run of the the litter. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So it's. It's just one of those things. I mean, we're seeing it right before our eyes. I mean, that these, you know, I mean, I know Auburn got a kid from UAB. They got the kids from LSU, the quarterback, and you know, uh, but they're moving all over the place. I mean, and 
Oklahoma, got some kit, uh, Wanya Morris and Eric Gray from Tennessee, and, you know, and th- those are, you know, you go to Oklahoma, and that's a team that's been winning. So it's just one of those things where I think that it's it's only going to be benef- really be beneficial to the better teams. I mean, it'll be- benefit everybody, but, but the powerhouse teams are, are still going to benefit over everybody else. Yeah, the the teams that are the best at recruiting are still going to do you know do what they do, getting sure. the best players. Sure. I mean, there's a reason why you know them get teams are at the top. And yeah, I wanted to talk about some of the teams. You know, we're going to lean SEC here, but you know, overall yeah. nationally, you guys y'all y'all have Alabama at number one. And I mean, you know, if any other program lose a quarterback like Matt Jones, a running back like Najee Harris, and a receiver like Devontae Smith, you're like, there's no way they're coming back as the number one team in the country. But Alabama, we you know, they reload every year. But for you guys, what was what was it about Alabama? You said, okay, defending national champions, put them on top as number one. Well, I mean, it's just it's the talent level and it's this, you know, the sustained success. I mean, Alabama is fifty one and four in the last four years. And uh, Bryce Young, from what we've heard, he's just going to keep the line moving at quarterback, you know. And John Mechie and Slade Bolden are, you know, receivers that are talented. And nobody really talks about Mechie on a national, you know, standpoint yet. But he's he's liable to have a breakout. Jaleel Billingsley's a, you know, a real big-time threat there at tight end. And then you look at them defensively, you know, Phillip, this could be one of their better defensive units in a couple of years. I mean, D.J. Dale there at nose tackle of Brian Ray coming off injury you know you got two fantastic actually three fantastic linebackers and Christopher Allen and Christian Harris and Will Anderson and Josh Job and Jordan Battle ankle the secondary and Malachi Morris a, a star at you know cover corner I mean he plays the nickel spot for him so he's he's got all SEC potential so that's about six or seven all SEC caliber players right there on defense and Tim Smith another guy the defensive tackle he played. He was in the rotation last year. He's a young guy, but he's a guy that I would keep an eye on. A big, strong kid, a lot of ability there. You know, at defensive tackle, and you know, and their kicking game is is phenomenal. You know, for once. You know, I mean, Will Reichert uh, didn't miss a kick. You know, last year. So, I think one tricky thing for Bama will be, you know, uh, Bill O'Brien coming in, and does the team pick up the offense? You know, uh, Sarkeesian. Uh, to me, last year called plays better than anybody in college football. I mean, he was phenomenal calling plays, and it'll, it'll it'll be interesting to see if they have any, you know, stumbles early on, you know, with, with O'Brien calling plays and taking over. But their talent level is just superior, and they got the best coach that ever lived. So, kind of hard to go against all that. Yeah, model consistency, to say the least, there in Tuscaloosa. And then uh, we're recording this on Monday. Nick Saban signed a contract extension. So I guess he's never going to go away. So uh, everybody that, that <laughs> here that is not an Alabama fan listening to this podcast is, I'm sure, very excited over that news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and man, I mean, 51 and four over the last four years. I mean, that's just unbelievable. It's, and again, I mean, there's no signs of slowing down. I mean, mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. It's it's it really is. And then, like I said, that defense this year. I mean, they got some ballers on it. So they they could, you know, which nowadays nobody's really allowing. About you know, ten years ago, you know, the better defensive units were giving up. You know, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen points a game. Now, you know, you're seeing that number grow to like seventeen, eighteen points a game. But 
teams are averaging, you know, more points scoring. I mean, Alabama's scoring about 50, 50 a game every year now. So it's it's been cool to watch the transformation of the tie being a ground and pound defensive, you know, ball control offense. And now they're just, they score at will on you and they still got the capability to play pretty good defense. You know, and, and every year it feels like, okay, we're t- we always look at, okay, whoever in the East or is there someone in the West? Who's that team that can compete Alabama? And, I mean, you guys got Georgia at number four, and Georgia just seems like they're the team everybody's talking about. You know, if there's a team that's going to come out of SEC or a second team, it could be Georgia. And Georgia's loaded with talent, as they, you know, are most years. But with JT Daniels come back and quarterback. But, you know, with Georgia, do you, I mean, how, how big of a year this, is this, do you think, for Kirby Smart? The fact that they have all this talent. I mean, you guys got them at number four. I had uh, Chris Gordy from Locked On SEC on a few months ago, and he said it's put up or shut up time for Georgia. I mean, but when it comes to Georgia going into the season, where are you at with them? Well, I mean, it's it's all there for them, you know. I mean, but the thing is, like right out of the gate, I think the thing with Georgia too is is the pressure, the <laughs> pressure to win a championship. It's just so enormous right now on those guys, and you know, right out of the gate, if they lose to Clemson. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, we got to win every game, and you know they still got to go. They got to go to Auburn. They got to go to Kentucky. They play Florida. I mean, which those are all winnable games, and then they could head into the SEC championship game if they win the rest of their games after losing to Clemson, if that happens. And but then they probably gonna play Alabama, and if they lose again right there to Alabama, will it knock them out? It, it might. You know, I, I don't know. We, that's that's a long way down the road. We think Georgia's gonna make the playoff and get in, but. So we're, we're, you know, thinking they're going to beat Clemson, you know. and But that's a game that right now with Georgia's really secondary, you know, D.J. Aguilele there at Clemson, you know, and their passing attack, which gets back Justin Ross, uh, who's a potential top 15 NFL draft pick, you know, that's going to be an interesting matchup, how, you know, all that plays out. But Georgia's defense, I mean, they're, they're always going to be strong there. They're really strong in the front seven. Jordan Davis is the guy at nose tackle. There, it's just extremely hard to move. And Clemson had Clemson had some issues on its offensive line last year. So Georgia's front seven against Clemson's offensive line run a game be be a matchup to watch. And then of course Clemson's passing offense against Georgia's retooling secondary will be a matchup to watch. But if they lose that opener, Philip, you know the pressure is going to be enormous on them, and that's just that's tough to play with. It really is. Yeah, it does feel like, and I've been thinking about this for a couple weeks now, that game means more to Georgia than does Clemson because Clemson could lose that game and look, I'm not taking the, uh, uh, you know, this isn't meant to be disparaging against the ACC, but they are in the ACC. They lose against Georgia. They're more talented than everybody else in that conference. They should run through the rest of the way. Or they could. I was not say they should. They, they, you know, they could run through all the rest of the way. But like you said with Georgia, you got an SEC schedule in front of you, and then you're right. You're, there's no margin for error, and more than likely, you may play Alabama in the SEC championship game. So that that just feels like the Georgia Clemson game means more more for Georgia than it does Clemson, in a sense. I, I, I agree with you. And I mean, Clemson Clemson doesn't even play the other two best teams in the ACC. They don't play Miami and North Carolina. Now, I tell you, a team that could sneak up and be a pretty good outfit is Boston College. Nobody's really talking about them. They got a really good quarterback in Jerkovich, and their offense line's really strong. I watched them in their spring game. They look they look big and strong to me, but I, I just I don't know. I don't see them beating Clemson. But they played them tough last year. But I mean, yeah, I mean, Clemson loses that game. 
well, they lost to a top five team, you know, and they they win all their games and they win the ACC. They're in the playoff. You know, that's just the way it is. I mean, and and I, I think Florida, I, I just. I think Florida could be pretty good this year. We at Magazine think they're going to be pretty good. I mean, but they had real problems defensively last year, stopping the run, and, and you know, they just lost so many great players on offense. I mean, Emory Jones is a good player there at quarterback, you know, but, I mean, it's, it, I, I just – I don't know. We ain't seen him play a full season, you know. So that's a – Kimor Gamble, their tight end, uh, he's a guy that I think is a really, really good player for them. Uh, so he, you know, I, we'll see. I mean, but their defense, they gave up 30 a game last year and just, you know, wasn't that good. And I think they lost a lot of firepower. So that's, I don't know. It's pretty much, you know, Georgia, Florida in the East and everybody else. I mean, maybe Missouri surprises, uh, but I don't know. They weren't really good on defense last year either. And with Florida, make sure a defensive back doesn't throw a shoe. You know, that's another important factor. With, uh, with unbelievable. Them. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> I have a feeling when Florida and LSU play this season, we're going to see that clip a couple times during the broadcast on TV. That's just kind of a, a feeling I have uh, <laughs> when it comes to that. Yeah. Now, in, wow. in the West, just... you know, with Alabama, of course, you, you know, you guys obviously they're number one. You had them favor to win, uh, pick to win the SEC West. I mean, A&M. Uh, you guys have them at number six. I mean, where, where do you see them at? Because, of course, Kellen Mond has gone a quarterback. They only returned one offensive lineman from last year's team, uploaded on defense. But uh, that, that offense seems to be the question mark with that team coming into the season. Yeah, I mean, Mike Elko can coach defense. There's no doubt about that. But, yeah, I, and, and that's that's the big question mark. Their offensive line, they're going to be the quarterback. I mean, you can say that Dabo's – I mean, uh, Jimbo Fisher has – this program ready to just reload, but it's almost one of those things where you need to see it. Let's see it. Let's see if they can just reload because I'm not, that's, that's a lot to lose on offense. I mean, and, but their schedule soft, Philip. I mean, it, they can win, you know, 11 games, 10 games. I mean, you know, and they, they've circled that Alabama game as October 9th. And it seems like their season's kind of hinging on that. And, and I said, I think that's a dangerous way to go about things, especially when they beat you by about 30 points last year. I mean, is your whole season going to revolve around beating Alabama? I mean, what if you lose to them by 20 points? What happens then? Are your guys just going to crumble? I mean, or, you know, I, I don't know. But, you know, DeMarvin Lill's a, you know, great defensive end. We got him as All-American. I mean, Miles Jones and Jalen Jones are two great corners. I mean, Kenyon Green's one of the best, arguably the best left tackle in college football. Jalen Watermeyer's one of the best tight ends in college football. Isaiah Spiller's a hell of a running back. So they got some pieces, but just they lost a lot. So they're going to have to have a quarterback step up quickly, you know. And so, I mean, and then I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, and then you, everybody's expecting kind of a bounce back here from LSU, but. You know, I still have my question marks about LSU, especially, you know, I think Max Johnson, he did a heck of a job there at the end as far as the quarterback goes. But uh, they, they had a lot of turnover on their coaching staff. And, I mean, they got two great corners in Stingley and Ricks, you know, and their defense should come back, you know, be be better last year. But they you know, they gave up 35 points a game, and 
and weren't good on run defense last year. And that, when you got to stop the run in the SEC. It's, that's just paramount. You have to have big bodies that can do that. And I just have to. It's just another team that you know we're going to have to see if they can kind of live up to this you know rejuvenated hype per se. You know, and you know, the last thing I want to ask you about in SEC and uh, and that's Auburn. Of course, you know the Gus Malzahn era is over. Brian Harson is in. Mike Bow, offense coordinator. Derek Mason there at a defense coordinator. Just uh, coming into season, you guys got Auburn at twenty five. What's your expectation uh, for Auburn in year one with Brian Harson? Intriguing team, I tell you that. I mean, I do think they're going to be well over. I think they're going to be better coached. Period. I mean, Mike Bobo is going to do multiple things on offense. I think he's, he's always been a good quarterbacks coach. Uh, you know, Tank Bigsby is a you know All American type of player at running back. You know, and and Bigsby was excited to talk to him this spring, and he was excited because his favorite player growing up was Todd Gurley, and Gurley played in Bobo's system. And, he feels like he can be that type of player in Bobo's system, you know. And, and you go to – I mean, in Auburn's, <clears throat> they return all their starting linemen, you know. Uh, so, will they be better in that area? You know, that's been the spotlight for the past couple of years. And But, I mean, was it coaching or is it, you know, just lack of talent that's been their bugaboo? I, I don't know. I think in a new system, they could, they could be better. And – but they have a lot of players back, and you know, defensively, Derek Mason. You know, they're going to morph from a three-four to a four-three, and they'll throw in some nickel, and they're going to, you know, maybe show you a five-man front every now and then, a bare front. Uh, so I think that side of the ball will, will is going to be more of attacking style, and I don't think they're going to play near as much man-to-man as they played under Kevin Steele, and I think that'll help the defense. I mean. Still, last year, Auburn didn't have any pass rushers, really. And they stayed in man-to-man all the time. And if you're not getting to the quarterback, that's a, that's a disaster playing mm-hmm. man-to-man defense. I mean, you're just setting yourself because a number of things can happen. Uh, so I do think this system, though, fits what they have talent-wise better, though, the 3-4, the attacking style. Uh, so, I'm, you know... Who knows? The jury's out. I, I do think they're going to be tougher. I think they're going to be uh, more disciplined. And I, I think the new attitude of the coaching staff is just going to bring as, – as, actually, it's brought, uh, you know, a renewed uh, enthusiasm to the team, which they needed. And, you know, it'll be interesting how that plays out because they – I mean, Bo Nix, too. Two years ago, he was the freshman of the year. They got back-to-back SEC freshman of the year in their backfield. And Bo last year, he just looked—he looked like he took away a big step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but he still got a—he's still a talented player, and I think he's a player where you got to kind of just let him play. You know, he's got a good football IQ. You know, let him play, let him audible if he wants to, let him see what he sees on the field, and let him do his thing. And I think Gus Malzahn really didn't let him do that last year, so. You know they're they're an intriguing team. You're talking about a team that could maybe go nine and three, maybe go seven and five. So they do play a tough schedule. So we'll see how it shakes out. We'll be cool seeing them go up through uh, Penn State to play uh, third week of the season. That's going to be kind of a cool deal seeing those two teams play. Just the you know when you're seeing those two uniforms play, and hopefully, uh, I you know as we're saying, I don't know what Penn State's going to do all together. You know with fans, but at least having fans there, you know that stadium 
you know, when it's got fans, it's a it's a tough place to go play. So that's going to be fun seeing Auburn go up there and play Penn State. Oh yeah, I mean over a hundred thousand is their capacity, you know, and they if they do like a whiteout, that whole stadium's white with the towels. I mean it's yeah, I mean and they and, you know Sean Clifford back. I mean they got a lot of guys back. Penn State does, and uh, after you know a down year, but a lot of teams had down years last year, and a lot was happening. So, mm-hmm. and that goes back to the thing where. You know, there's a lot of teams out there with a lot of experience back. And, you know, the more guys, more players that you have on a team that have experience, it only benefits the team. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. And, and like, I agree with you. There's a lot of teams, like, you, know, you can't really hold last year against them, you know, if it didn't go the way, you know, they wanted to because, you know, there were so many moving parts last year with everything. Uh, I get, you know, lastly, on you know, before I let you go, you know, we've gone over 20 minutes here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm from the Dothan area, so I'm not too far from Troy. And uh, they're going into year three under Chip Lindsey. Just uh, for you and, uh, you know, for Troy going into, you know, in, you know, with the Sun Belt, which is a tough conference of one – one of the best, if not the best, when it comes to the non-Power 5. I mean, there are so many good teams in that conference year in and year out that can beat uh, the big boys. But when you look at Troy, uh, what's your expectations? Do you think they could probably get to a, a bowl game this upcoming year? Oh, yeah, I think they'll get to a bowl game. I mean, they lost a lot of – they lost, a, you know, three or four games by a total of a couple of points last year. You know, and you're talking about a team that's got – you know, about 20 starters back, you know, I know Gunnar Watson and, and Jacob Free and Missouri transfer Taylor Powell, they're all there competing for uh, competing for the quarterback spot. Their whole offensive line comes back. Dylan Bradshaw's, you know, one of the better linemen in America, and so is Austin Stidham at left tackle. Bradshaw's a center there. They always seem to have receiving talent. And I think, I think Kalen Geiger transferred. Uh, I think he, so that'll hurt him a little bit. But they still got Reggie Todd, who's the best – you know, receiver in the Sun Belt, and and uh, Carlton Marshall, who's a heat-seeking missile there at linebacker. He's our he's our Sun Belt Defensive Player of the Year. He he's back to you know command uh, head the defense there, and you know they got up front you know John Hines and Will Cholo and Auburn transfer Richard Jabuner are some guys that can really put the heat on the quarterback, and that's a spot if they can go take another uptick in production, getting more sacks. I think Troy could potentially win the conference. And, of course, Coastal Coastal Carolina, I think they got all their starters back, if I'm not mistaken. But Grayson McCall there, they were, they were in a really, really exciting team to watch last year. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a fun team to watch play. You know, uh, Troy, Troy uh, they have to go there to play them. So that'll be a tough game. If, but, but Troy played them tougher than anybody last year pretty much. So I, I think there's a lot to be excited about for Troy. I mean – you know, the loss of Jack Martin, that kicker and punter, was huge. Uh, so they're going to need to find a guy that can that can kick and punt and kick off. You know, that's that's a that's a spot that needs to be addressed. And of course, if you're playing tough games, you don't want a shaky kicker because shaky kickers usually lose those games if they got to hit a big field goal there at the end. So, uh, but no, I, I think. There's a lot of potential there. I spoke with Chip Lindsey this spring, and, and he really likes his team and likes where they are. And, and, you know, think if they can make some plays in tight games where they didn't last year, he, he thinks they can, you know, win, win the Sun Belt. 
Yeah, uh, that, it's it's going to be fun. You know, we talked a lot of SEC there, but some belts going to be fun too. And you mentioned Coastal Carolina, and the one thing I took away from that team is just how physical they are. They were last year. Um, I mean, yeah, one of the big highlights was the BYU game, and that was a team. You know, you, you better bring your hard hat if you were going to play Coastal Carolina because they were going to get physical with you. Yeah, they have they have some swag, man. I mean, yeah, I, I just looked here; they got nineteen starters back, and that Grayson Call kid. He's he's a good player. I mean, and I, I, I didn't they win the College World Series a couple of years ago? Yeah, that that, that they got a good athletic program there. Yeah, I mean, and like their facilities are really nice, and it's a cool place to cool place to go to school. And so, yeah, I mean, you're talking about a really rising program here, and and if they keep winning the way they're doing, you know, Jamie Chadwell is not going to be there much longer. He'll be he'll be he'll be. Uh, sought after by the big boys but you know and you got louisiana too another pretty good team and appalachia state of course they're always good you know and georgia state pretty good team and so that's a pretty competitive league man i mean and and you know if they play you know like like louisiana showed last year beating iowa state i mean these if you're not ready to play one of these teams they'll beat you mm-hmm. and i and i and it goes back to what i was saying I think this year, with all the returning starters all across the country, we're going to see some highly competitive football games. You know, and, and that's going to make this season. I think, I think it's going to make it stand out. I mean, because anything, anybody's going to be able to beat anybody. And you know what? I like it that way. Yeah, I really I do. do. And and, and I, so. Yeah, I do too. I like it that feeling, you know, where okay, we know that there's, you know, we can be some uh, craziness and upset Saturdays, and you know, the upset Saturday, those big upset Saturdays are always a lot of fun. So uh, I'm with you on that. I mean, for some form of parity, I know you're not going to get it like you in college, like it is in the NFL. But when we got some, you know, so many teams that can knock off somebody else, it's always a lot of fun. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just ready for it to get here. Uh, this has been a long off season. Just uh, it has felt that way, anyways, uh, since Alabama won the national title and uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun season and uh before i let you go also matt just uh, let everybody know out there if they want to get a if they have not got a copy of the of the lindy's magazine uh, where can they find one and um all the great stuff going on over at lindy's yeah well you can you can uh check cbs walgreens walmart uh books a million barnes and noble Publix, kroger you know anywhere that sells magazines uh, we also have our national college and our NFL previews are available digitally right now. Our SEC magazine preview comes out next week. The NFL comes out tomorrow. Uh, if you have a hard time finding them, you can order at LindySports.com. Click on shop. Uh, so that's pretty much what, what we got going on. And hey, and I was going to say something real quick, Philip. Uh, okay. The Boise State at, at the Boise State at Central Florida Week One matchup. Think about that. Harson comes to Auburn. Gus goes to Central Florida. Those two ironically meet in week one. You know, and I'm just sitting here going, you got Wisconsin at Penn State, Ohio State at Minnesota, Indiana at Iowa, Michigan State at Northwestern, uh, Bama versus Miami, Georgia versus Clemson, UCLA, I mean, LSU at UCLA, Louisiana at Texas. I mean, just. This week one slate is going to be awesome. So everybody enjoy it. It's going to be a fun ride. 
No, yeah, th- there's not going to be uh, some of those uh, easy wins uh, in week one like sometimes no. we get used to. Uh, so uh, week one is uh, – I-, I can already tell you I will have multiple screens set up in front of me on uh, that that first Saturday. That will be a guarantee. Yeah, I had three last year. I might go with about five. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've got an extra TV now, so I might can I can actually swing about four or five screens myself. So uh, I'll there there will be some Saturdays where I do that, and I'm I'm bad. I'll stay up till two o'clock watching the Pac-12 when everybody else is done playing. So uh, it's, it's it's which which might which might you know ha- have have a title contender this year with, with Oregon or USC potentially. So we need a we need that Pac-12 to have a couple of good teams. I think it makes for for better intrigue in college football. I do too. Because is it, is it sometimes college football can feel regional, you know, with how it goes sometimes, especially exactly. you know with the SEC and then Clemson and then Ohio State, you know, and then you throw Oklahoma in there too as well. But the, the West Coast, we need we need some more West Coast. So we need them to step up out there in the Pac-12 and uh, get do. somebody in there. Oh, uh, but. You know, it's going to be fun, and I, I kind of hope for that, too, just to, you know, make college football look better if you got a team from out west. And, uh, man, I, like I say, uh, I do appreciate it uh, when you come on the show. I know we'll probably talk a couple times during the season, probably several times during the season. But I do always appreciate it when you take the time out and come on the show. No problem, Philip, man. I always enjoy it, man. You take care, buddy. All right. Thank you, Matt. You, too. See you. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Dual Threat. Once again, thank you for checking out the show and making it a part of your day. Remember, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. Until next time, bye-bye.